0: Hey, everyone. It's a new episode, a new week of Find Your Film. This is episode 139. We're getting a slow uptick, a gradual, not not a slow uptick, a gradual, gradual, wonderful uptick of listeners. And I'm really excited. I am thinking because it's because after 138, now 100, going into 139 episodes, the quality of our movie podcast is just getting better and better. Bruce Perky, aka Perk Baby Perk, do you agree with us, this assessment that because our show is getting better, that's why we're getting more listeners, more, not even I'm not going to say followers, but fellow cinephiles who join our Find Your Film community. Is that a good theory? What do you think?
1: I think it's that. It's all the hot takes. It's all the hot Gregs. I mean, all those things are bringing <laughs> the viewers hot, to the yard.
0: Hot Gregs. Okay. Bruce. Aside from being Perk Baby Perk, he's also Perk Liar Perk regarding my sexiness or lack thereof. Eric Holmes, why do you see the uptick of our, of our listeners? As soon as I say that, I'm sure we're only going to get minus five listens this week. But what is
2: your theory or theorem regarding some of the people? Just our selection of movies? What what do you think? I think it's our, our deep dive and knowledge of uh, superhero movies and how we're always mm. covering them and how – We never pick on them like uh, Ridley Scott or Martin Scorsese or James Cameron or any of those heroes do. Because if there's one thing that superheroes have constantly dealt with is just being picked on. The little guys, we cannot pick on them. We cannot pick on them. You're you, right. Thank you. Filmmaker hacks. Stop picking on superhero movies. Thank, thank you,
0: Eric Holmes. You finally- not, not
2: here though. Not here.
0: Okay. Well, we were going to cover all these really big gargantuan movies called, there's one movie called Please Baby Please. That's, I think, budget of 200 million. Holy Spider. That's a later Spider-Man installment. And there's a movie called The Lair. It's a movie about a big spider in The Lair. We're not going to cover any of those movies. We're just going to cover Black Adam this week. What do you think, Bruce? Black Adam, top box office film from last weekend. Do you think it would be behoove us to just do a Black Adam all episode this week? What do you think?
1: Yeah, everything about okay, Black Adam.
0: Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so there was silence for a second there. I think it was a sh- horror. Is it a cabinet of curiosity you want to open, honestly, Black Adam? Would, you, would that be in your cabinet of curiosity, opening a Dwayne Johnson Black Adam film? And, and you go, wow. Another uh, great black, indie film that I get to watch.
1: A black hole of curiosity about Black Adam. Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: All right. What about
0: you, Eric Holmes, this weekend? Are you going to spend your hard earned cash to see Dwayne Johnson and Black Adam? It's already been out for a week. Are you going to catch up with the rest of us and watch I, Black Adam?
2: I would love to. Unfortunately, it's only in limited release, and who knows when it's going to be available streaming for the rest of us to see. That's mm-hmm. the thing about these superhero movies. Like, they don't release them. Like, I, I oh, wish okay. they could do like Holy Spider does and play in like. 10 theaters, like, you know, every 15 minutes, but they don't. So hopefully I can catch it, but we'll see what happens.
0: And to your point, Eric Combs, are you happy that James Gunn, director of such big budget movies as Super with Rain Wilson, is now the, one of the heads of DC Studios? Was that a great move for the underdog, James Gunn? What do you think? Have you heard uh, of the news? Have you heard the news about james gunn or I, I i did I, I, what, what, is, that? About, what I, is that what does that look Eric Holmes? you look like someone just broke your heart what are you doing
2: i I want to see him do another slither i want to okay. see him do another super i mean yeah great great he's doing the he's yeah? doing the comic books
0: that <laughs> yeah. man
2: He's Bruce down to his indie
0: roots. Bruce, where's that smile? James Gunn, indie indie guy, indie hero. James Gunn from Super is now one of the heads of DC Studios. Are you
1: joyous? I mean, if I had to pick somebody who might have a good effect on it, I mean, honestly, I would pick him. He he seems to at least get his stamp on those movies to some degree. So it could be worse. Could be like I don't know, someone <laughs> named Zach. Yeah. okay by the way
0: a couple things i'm a huge Zack snyder fan i love all of his movies and i really love black adam and and what's what's interesting is i honestly i paid money to go see this movie i will not talk about black adam or how much i loved it for this episode no we are really going to cover three really interesting indie driven films please baby please holy spider the lair i don't know guys is that an indie film would you call the lair because it's neil marshall the descent Eric Combs? does it have a little bit of an indie feel because he's not working under a big studio so do you you give him the indie label or not
2: yeah I, I suppose i mean the 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 whole idea of an indie movie is a uh, low budget right right so i yeah i guess that counts
0: okay okay so those are our three featured movies bruce over the last what are what is going to be some of your recommendations this week you're going into gdt world and in streaming world what do you gotta give for us for some recs this week
1: uh yeah I, I finally caught up with barbarian i believe eric briefly mentioned it so we'll briefly mention it again but we might be able to bounce off each other a little more this time because I think last time he kept it really short and uh, that's on HBO Max now. And then uh, Netflix just started dropping the episodes, not episodes per se, but the the, uh, installments of Guillermo del Toro, I can't say the word, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities.
0: Okay. So you're going to tell us if you liked it or not and you're going to give us, look, you're a big GDT fan. I think you like almost all of his movies, I'm assuming. The Shape of Water. What is that? Shape of Water? What's a fish movie? I'm a fish. Shape uh, of Water. Shape of Water, okay, Shape of Overrated. Okay, so what would you wait, uh Bruce, you love you love Shape of Water? Shape of uh A semblance of a plot. You love, you love that movie? Was that your favorite movie of the year? One best picture that year if I if I recall the last year of cinema. What what did you did you like that movie? Shape of water? I liked
1: it. I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I, I like most of his movies. So a few of them I love. Pan's Labyrinth I love. I think I love oh Devil's Backbone. I love that one.
0: I love Devil's Backbone. Eric Holmes, this is the time when you say, Greg, you're completely wrong. Shape of Water is a brilliant movie. Is that, you're
2: going to go in? Yeah. Get, I, 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 like Shape of Water, but I like your, uh, Kevin Neal and what was it? Subconscious Man or whatever they I don't know, what, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Shape of Water sucks, but I really <laughs> enjoyed this movie
0: very much. Shape of Water, but you really love, was that one of your best films of the year? Shape of Water. Even though me and Anderson did not like Shape of Water this year, I th- uh, that year, I think Bruce said he liked it. He didn't love it. He liked it. He liked it. Did you love Shape of Water, the fish movie that doesn't make sense? Did you like that movie a lot? What? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite of that year, but like but I know it was on a bunch of lists, and I wasn't sad about it. Okay.
0: Was it on your list, Bruce, that your Ship of Water? Was that one of your maybe top 10, if you recall? No, no it was not. No, no, it was not. Okay. Maybe. I hope one of these movies will be on your list this year. There's a movie called Holy Spider. I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm, I'm done burying the lead. There's a bone of contention and frustration. Is this movie, Holy Spider. It only shows, as far as this recording, Friday, October 28th in New York. The following week, on no- the week of November 4th, 4th it is showing in L.A., but this is one of these movies. Eric Holmes and Bruce are, they're both excited about this film. Hopefully there will be good enough word of mouth. There was going to be a lot of critical acclaim for this movie called Holy Spider. It is inspired by a true story. It centers on a female journalist named Rahimi, played by Zar Amir Ibrahimi. And let me just say one thing. Zar Amir Ibrahimi, she's fantastic in this movie. She won the Best Actress award over at the Cannes Film Festival. So there's a lot of awards momentum running with Holy Spider. So she travels to, from Tehran to the Iranian holy city of Mashhad. And she's investigating a serial killer who murders prostitutes within a square, within the city. And what happens with this is she's trying to find the serial killer, you think, after at least several women have been killed, okay? And it's a big, real tragedy, calamity. But for some reason, she is not getting a ton of help from the police force or even the, her call, a fellow journalist in the area. So it seems that this journalist, Rahimi, she's waging a one-person war to a one-person battle journey to find this actual killer. And um, obviously, as you, as the narrative progresses, she will do whatever it takes to make sure this serial killer, who I believe is dubbed the moniker of the film, Holy Spider, she wants to make sure that he is caught. It is written and directed by acclaimed filmmaker Ali Abassi, the filmmaker behind Border, a movie that I believe Bruce Perky saw several years ago. This is a movie that I feel I I should have seen several years ago as well after watching. I believe it might still be streaming on Hulu. I could be wrong, but this guy Ali Abassi is fantastic, and this movie high marks all around Big barrier to entry, though, regarding this film is, it is a serial killer, and you actually get to see, you, not, you don't get to see him, you see him actually strangle several women. There is, a, there is a ton of violence in this movie. Whether it is excessive or not, that will be your own. I don't think it's excessive, I think it's true to life, and it was, I'm glad that it was shown. That said, There will be some people who will be walking out or deciding not to watch this movie when they see the violence that is on their respective screen. So again, that is a warning for people whether you want to see Holy Spider or not. But for me, right now, right off the right off the jump, this is one of my favorite films of the year, hands down. Let's start with Eric Holmes regarding your reaction to Holy Spider.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what to say. Uh, The first thing I'll start off with is this is inspired by a true story and not based on a true story that's about as far as i can go with it because there's one issue that i had with it um but once i saw it was inspired and this is kind of some of it is fictional but it is based on stuff that actually happened so just know that going in what this movie is saying and the uh ideas and the uh you know, social, political things that happen to people living in a theocracy is front and center on this. Uh, it gets really strong towards the towards the last half of it. This movie is fantastic. You know, go in thinking that it's a serial killer movie, but it's it gets to be much more than that. Much like how the Dahmer series starts off typical se- serial killer affair, and then as it g- the, then the last half is like, okay, you set the table. Now here's what this is really about. Holy Spider does uh, kind of a similar thing, and it doesn't like a fraction of the time and. Very well. Uh, I was listening to the the film vault and Anderson was saying, like, this thing should be up for all the awards. And I, I can't disagree with that. This thing's fucking fantastic. I really hope that this movie, like, gets some sort of traction or something, because not only is it an, uh, it's a great movie, but it's saying things that I think need to be said and that that certainly don't get said in movies a lot, let alone just in regular discourse. Uh, there's a lot of important Uh, ideas and uncoverings going on in this beyond just the serial killer stuff, because the serial killer stuff, that's just a catalyst of what the bigger overall problem of the area is. And yeah, yeah, Holy Spider is fucking fantastic.
0: So there's a lot of layers. There's all these themes that you were mentioning, Eric, with all these, there's a lot of things to cover in Holy Spider. With all that to cover, Bruce, do you still think that this movie works as just a pure entertainment thriller on a superficial level? Or did you just find so much more to to glean from Holy Spider?
1: I think it does work on, if you want to take it on the superficial level, I think it does work as that too, because it has a level of, uh, I guess you could say on that level, it is sort of a cat and mouse movie to some degree, because you have the report. Reporter, Rahimi. Uh, Rahimi basically trying to figure out who this guy is and how to catch him when it seems like the world isn't that interested in trying to catch him. And then on the filmmaker side of things, I would say what's really great about this too, we were talking about, he was talking about uh, Dahmer, and similarly, this does some really interesting things. So, for example, the pre title sequence, and by the way, that title sequence comes out and it's just, it just puts you in an epic moment. Like you're just like, wow, this movie is going to be something. But before that, we have about, what do we say about 15 minutes, maybe, where you're just following one sex worker as she's going around her night in the city, and you're getting to learn about her. And I didn't know anything about this movie going into it. I didn't read any Wow. So I didn't know if it was going to be about her. So it's kind of great if you don't know that but obviously it's kind of part of the thing so people will know but so i was following her and following her and you basically are just seeing kind of this gritty view of what it's like to be in this society working at this level of society and how you're treated and then the murder happens and then the title happens and you're like oh wow what is this movie and it's really affecting and i think without getting into details too much i think what really works amazingly this movie other than just all of the all the social and religious and political stuff that's that just seeps into every pore of the events of this movie, the basic structure, which is kind of half with uh, Rahimi and half with the killer. And with the killer, it's not like every time you see the killer, you're going to see him go do another killing, although that does happen, but it's kind of his time on screen is half family life and half killer life. And another half, because it's only three halves make a whole, right? <laughs> another <laughs> half of the two kind of combining in some really creepy and really effective and amazing ways. And I think that by the time you get to the very end of this movie, it's chilling. It's like this honest, humorous, not humorous, and then absolutely chilling final moments of this movie are just jaw-dropping. This is a a fine film. And um, I kind of slightly disagree about the violence aspect of this. I don't think this movie is really that violent compared to what we see as just popular entertainment. It seems more violent because the way it's unflinching and the way it's couched and making these real people. So I mean, they're not obviously, but you care. They're not just cypher victims in a slasher movie. So it has a different effect on you. So the violence might seem more affecting to people or more disturbing to people because of that. And I think that's to its benefit. I mean, that's what it's trying to do. It's not just being fun. It's not just being exciting or thrilling. This is got a lot more going on in it. But like you said, or like you asked, it does work on that service level as well. So I think it, it's just a great movie.
0: We have to mention Mehdi Bajistani. I believe mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He plays Saeed, the serial, yep. serial killer. He's also a family man. He's frustrated because of the, the politics of the area. He's, he believes he's actually doing a good thing, cleaning right. the streets from this criminal element, right? Or they're they're not. They're pretty much demons to him, devils and whatnot. And this, is, this, this investigates so many different things things but i just hope that a lot of people will go in hopefully it's like a storefront window you get the window shoppers if you just say this is going to be a, a first rate entertaining thriller by the city of your pants thriller you get them in and then they get so much bang for their respective buck in in my opinion holy spider but yeah look the, the violence can be seen in different ways it's just so realistic obviously it's a, it's a good thing to warn people hopefully the people the cinephiles can if they can't stomach the scenes understandably so, they can maybe close their eyes, look away, and then continue watching the movie because this movie has a lot to say. Eric Holmes, before we started recording this interview, wanted to do a spoiler of Holy Spider. And I think down the road, whether it's today or not, or maybe down the road, we'll we'll talk about the ending of Holy Spider, which Bruce mentioned is, is pretty much pretty devastating as well. I don't see any weaknesses regarding Holy Spider, Eric Holmes. Bruce, do you see any flaws, any things you want to nitpick at?
2: There's one, but we would have to wait for spoilers. Oh, okay. Um, And and it's not, it has nothing to do with the uh, quality of the movie or where the movie goes. It was uh, just kind of a choice that I thought was weird, but to explain that I would have to do spoilers and I don't want to do that now. So maybe later on down the road, but regardless, this movie is fantastic and any hangups I have about it uh, is far outweighed by the rest of the movie.
0: I am a critic. I'm a CC CA voter, I'm a Crit- Critics' Choice member, okay, and I'm a voter, I i am definitely going to push hard for Zamir Ibrahimi as a Best Actress nomination. I hope she gets nominated. I also hope Mehdi Bajestani gets a nomination in a, in the supporting character, supporting uh, category. I think he's fantastic in this movie. And this is actually one of my favorite films of the year. Just It's hard to say favorite because of the subject matter. It is such a hard-hitting film, but for me, Holy Spider, right off the top, five-star, I was going to say five-star banger, but five, yeah, definitely five-star five, star, five Five star rating for me regarding Holy Spider.
2: Let's go to you, Eric Holmes. Your rating on this film? Yeah, it's it's also five stars. Uh, this thing just does everything, just nails everything, and it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I, I hope that, I hope this movie does. And and similar to the Long Walk, this movie and Long Walk, I think, are just two fantastic movies that hopefully come award time uh these will be in the conversation much like parasite was which is another fantastic movie so
0: yeah you mentioned the long walk and you mentioned holy spider these are movies that it's like you you go in the earth and you find some kind of gem or something it's just yeah. a great find and yeah czar amir Ibrahimi. I've never seen her in anything before. She just, and she also has a magnetic presence. I want to see her in everything down the road right now. And I hope she gets all the acclaim and awards like she did over at Con. Bruce Perky, you're rating on Holy Spider. I am right with you. Five stars. Wow, five stars from Bruce Perkey. Five stars all around for Holy Spider. Again, it hits New York theaters this Friday, October 28th, and it hits LA on November 4th. It is not fair currently because I want it to be playing in as many theaters as possible. I guess one of the ways we can do it is with our small podcast, we could just bang on the drum and just really promote how awesome Holy Spider is. We'd love to hear what you guys think of this movie when it hits, whether it's streaming for you or in your local theaters. I personally think if it's in your local theaters, please go out and see this movie as much as i like black adam black adam makes a lot a lot of money and if you have some i'm just saying if you have one one choice or the other this is on a surface level a worthwhile thriller but you're gonna get a lot more from this than just the entertaining thriller so that is holy spider it, it's such an amazing film
1: what's up list nerds force five is a show about movie related top five lists hosted by me blacklist screenwriter and ex video store cinephile jason kleberg I have a new guest on each week, and the guest gets to pick the topic. Past guests have included film directors, screenwriters, actors, critics, comedians, rappers, artists, and other podcasters. Love or hate our picks, you're guaranteed to walk away thinking, what would be on my list? Search Force 5 wherever you get your pods, or head to force5podcast.com.
0: Next up is I don't know. This is a movie that I was. I'm a huge Andrea Riseborough fan. And Bruce, you were the first person to see this. Did you know that it was going to be a? a co- is it? Do you find this movie? What is it called? Please, baby, please. Is it is this an, a coherent movie for you, or is it a, an experimental film? Is it an art film? Did we actually watch it? Yes. And, yes, it is. Okay. I, <laughs> did we watch it, or did we dream this movie in our head? What? What? What is this? What? You yes. Know?
1: Yes, we did that too.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try to explain the plot. I guess it's called Please Baby Please, or, or it's like a nut. Oh, or, or, don't hurt yourself trying to do that, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't try, don't hurt myself. Oh, you know what? I, I like to hurt myself. I do all these weird things to myself. <laughs> so, anyways, please, baby, please, the plot line behind this it centers on a young couple. They're moving into a seedier neighborhood. They, it's in an apartment. So Susie is one is the beautiful woman, young woman, Andre, played by Andre Riesborough, and Arthur is played by Harry Melling. I'm assuming her husband is sort of a writer, artist, boho type, and they're a really cute couple. As they're walking towards the apartment, they see a, a gang, a gang who looks like they st- <laughs> they stepped out of a Stephen Sondheim musical, West Side Story. They and they they witness this gang killing a, a couple right across the street and the killing occurs right in front of their apartment building and this gang, this, cut, this gang cutthroats they tell them hey where do you live if you don't tell us basically they're inferring if you don't tell us where where you live you're going to be the next victim so they give they tell them exactly where they live in the apartment so now these uh, these cutthroats these criminals they have sort of a blackmailing kind of leverage over them and the rest of the movie deals how centers on how this couple this young couple deals with the gang and gracious themselves among these these members that is the premise of please baby please again it it, there is a dreamlike quality to this 1950s it's called the 1950s campy romp campy romp through the lower east side director is an amanda kramer it's a very stylized film like movies like john waters if you're a fan of maybe noirs or musicals or panavision the vision of movies from yesteryear you might actually get a lot from please baby please on um on a surface level now i wonder if there's a lot more to it than possible if the If this is actually a worthwhile experience to watch. Please, baby, please. Very stylized, very interesting, very visionary, very incoherent at times. Intendedly so. Bruce, does this movie work for you?
1: Surprisingly, it does. I did not expect this movie to work for me. In fact, I watched part of the trailer and I thought, no, this isn't going to be for me because it has that kind of stagey quality. It doesn't look like, you know, naturalistic world. It looks like, like you said, it looks like, you know, West Side, Dayglow, West Side Story with... (laughs) Uh, characters from a John Waters movie instead of the snakes and the sharks and uh, it, uh, snake, snakes, sharks and the, what are they? What and is j- they uh, jets and the sharks. Jets, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> when you're a jet, not a snake, but whatever. Well, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way, right? so <laughs> <laughs> But these are the young gents. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of gender stuff in here and sexuality stuff in here. This movie is one of those things where it's a super flavorful, flavorful plate of food for you. It's a very colorful and well displayed plate of food, but when you taste it it may not be for you and I there's going to be a ton of people when we give our ratings on this and if we rate it whether we suggest it uh go in very very gently, because some people are going to say, what is wrong with you? Why did you like this movie? And I don't know why I like this movie other than it, uh, it has a lot of things that it just worked for me in a really weird way. There's something about there's assuredness of tone that I love about this director and the work here. She, I don't know if the pronouns are she, but I'm going to say she, uh, she knows what she wants to present and is really consistent about how it's presented. And it's just like you said, it's kind of this uh grindhouse dream logic musical beat poet weird uh rebel without a cause world that you just can't quite nail down to anything but you can kind of see where a lot of its influences come from but i want to mention there's i love the performances there are some really committed performances in this movie that you wouldn't necessarily expect From a movie that's kind of this apparent budget and style, you could imagine there'd be a lot of, a lot of bad acted stuff. I think there's a lot of really great acted roles in this. We didn't mention Demi Moore has a pretty great cameo in this as well. And you want more
0: of her, you want more of her by the end of the movie. Yes. You do. She's so good. Yeah.
1: I want more of this Demi in, in upcoming movies too. Uh, This, this like super, um, catty, like, old kind of like dom uh i don't know what she is like this <laughs> this you know pet house crazy woman <laughs> but just an unexpected a, character very unexpected uh, yeah let's remake whatever happened to baby jane and let's get demi in there right now um anyway great job <laughs> right 100 <100%, laughs> percent. but we can't we can't go forward any further without mentioning andrea riseborough's performance in this movie, because her performance in this movie, there is a a number of notable over-the-top performances in history. You know, Nick Cage has a, a mantle full of them, but there is a special... Rarified, over-the-top performance level uh, that you get in, like possession. You know, where they're up above the Nick Cage performances and they're looking down, like going, "Ah, oh, you know, you really are doing subtle work there, sir." <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what she's giving this performance. The first words out of her mouth, you're like, "Oh wow, this is at a whole other level." And if you vibe with her performance in this movie, you're gonna have fun. But she commits absolutely a thousand percent. And I have always liked her and loved her in a lot of films. And now I I adore her. Just put her in anything you want to put her in and I'll watch it. She, It's amazing.
0: This is one of my favorite performances this year. I'm not kidding. It's it's, it's crazy. It's And it's not, I'm not supposed to say that, but it's like you said, she's so committed into the role. This movie could have had so many arbitrary moments and be played off like camp. For some reason, I don't think it's really played off like camp. It feels like this Amanda Kramer, her world is actually realized. And she's not just, in my opinion, she's just not, she's not, it seems like she's throwing stuff against the wall, but no it's not. She's, everything feels so concise. And I really love the world that was presented with Please Baby Please. Again, barrier to entry. There will be people who will watch this and say, "Mm, this is too stylized and stagey and I'm not getting this. And Andrea Risborough, she is acting in another planet. I'm not for this. So there will be those people, but I'm not one of them. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Let's go to Eric Holmes. Please, baby,
2: please, are you going to differ with us regarding your opinion of this movie? I've been waiting for a sequel to Streets of Fire forever, and I had no idea that David Lynch and Kenneth Anger would finally come together to do it.
0: <laughs> wow, Kenneth Anger, great pull, Eric Holmes. Hollywood hey Kenneth,
2: that Streets of Fire is a really good film. Let's go make a sequel to it.
0: <laughs> yes, Eric, and there. You know, you could consider this a musical. There are some oh, yeah. sort of
2: quasi musical numbers. Good point. Yeah, yeah, this movie's so fucking bonkers and awesome and fun and sexy and it like it, it's very highly stylized you mentioned the sharks and the jets and that's that's kind of a little bit how streets of fire you know the kind of world that lives in a little bit and this this is just a, look this is not going to be for everyone but i don't give a shit because <laughs> sometimes you get movies that come out like this that is like so its own thing This like I'm just glad this thing exists. Like even, even if I hate it, which I do not hate this movie. I fucking love this movie, but let's say I hated it. This would be a movie where I'd be like, Oh, this, I'm like one, I didn't care for it too much, but I'm glad it exists. But this is a, I'm glad it exists and I also love it. So this is best of both worlds for me.
0: What's that cliche? A lot of people like to say, make it make sense. This is one yeah. of those movies where <laughs> it's okay if it doesn't make sense. I, there's a lot of thoughts that I have. And I think if we actually pooled our own interpretations of Please Baby Please, all three of us would have different reactions. Among us, we'd have different reactions and interpretations of what this movie was about. Maybe we'd be in the same kind of ballpark, but we'd be on different parts of the ballpark. And I think that's one of the real magical things about Please Baby Please. One of the, again, it's one of these things where, like Bruce said and Eric said, we're recommending this movie. I hope people take this with a grain of salt there's it's stylized and it may not be for everyone but i'm so glad that we got this screening link to watch so
2: i, yeah. I, I also want to point out the last shot of this movie chef's kiss <laughs> that, that that that's like one of the one of my favorite last shots ever the the split screen into the i, I, I won't say anything but you know what i'm talking about well yeah, that, that the last shot of this and then where where it goes and how it just wraps up the whole movie is just so fucking good
0: Okay, so we've mentioned Andrea Risborough, but we also have to mention her partner in crime here, Harry Melling. He's so good in this movie as well. It's pretty much the anchor. A lot, actually, a big part of the narrative has him going out into the streets, into the their local bar in this in this Lower East Village, Lower East section. And there's some really good moments between him and the the leader of the gang, played by Carl Glusman. Carl Glusman plays Teddy. We have seen Carl Glusman several months ago. He was the boyfriend in that movie Watcher, that thriller Watcher, where it was set in was it Romania or something like that. So he was he had a small role in that, and he's very good in this movie. Yeah, and we also mentioned Demi Moore, but Harry Melling is was a great find. I remember I think he was in what was that movie with Tom Holland? The devil all the devil all the time. He was in oh. that for a little bit as well. But Harry Melling is he's one of these great finds if if you don't know his work as of yet. And oh yeah, the ballad of Buster Scruggs. You could forget him in that movie as well. He's a a fine actor as a lead as well. So this is a great this is another gem for me. So actually my rating for Please, Baby, Please, I thought I was just going to give this three stars. This is a first rate drama, surreal, dream logic kind of situation. <laughs> I can't believe I'm giving this such a high rating. I'm giving Please, Baby, Please four and a half stars with with that caveat of like, hey, please give this one a, a look and patience first. It might not be for you. Four and a half for me.
2: Let's go with you, Eric Holmes. You're rating on Please, Baby, Please. I love this movie. This is five stars for me. Actually, no, this is 6.9 stars for me. Amanda Kramer, you knocked this one out of the park. And uh, it looks like she also did a movie called Lady World and Paris Window. And she's got something coming out called Give Me Pity. And I am checking all that shit out because I fucking love the hell out of this thing. No,
0: that, that is so cool. Very, very cool. Bruce Berkey, you're rating. on please, please, baby, please.
1: Well, for the whole week, I was at four and a half stars. Uh, but as I think back, uh, I just think back about every dream sequence that Andrea's in is amazing irons to say irons and there's a song number at a phone booth that's amazing there's a point where a person gets stabbed i'm not going to say what it is amazing and as i think back there's amazing scene after amazing scene after amazing scene that i want to watch again so i'm five stars
0: okay so i'm the odd, odd duck i feel horrible by yeah. giving this movie away. and bruce does not help matters by just saying yeah cool coldly saying yeah <laughs> i'm
1: holy spider Great,
0: <laughs> on, on Holy <laughs> Spider. I said, wow, I am now the pariah. Look at this; that is amazing. Anyways, five stars for both Bruce and Eric. For please, baby, please, I give it. I ashamedly give it four and a half stars. Okay, that is <laughs> that is it. Hey there,
1: classmates. Tune in to Middle Class Film Class every Monday and Wednesday for weekly movie news, streaming picks, and one deep dive review. The Batman trailer. There was a teaser. There was a trailer. Trailer one, trailer two, final trailer. I don't know if it's the same one. How many trailers do we need exactly? Leave an email or voicemail to join in the discussion. Bullshit artist! Yeah,
2: Yeah. buddy! All right. You're going full Danzig. Mm, Right, I am. My my trans people have no power power over
0: me. me. (laughs) Speaking of another five star film, we have this movie called The Lair. Did you notice there's no... (laughs)
2: Dead silence.
0: What is that? Dead silence. There is no... Should I insert a cheering sound when I say five-star banger for the lair? I don't know. The lair is... Look, it's in theaters on demand and I believe on digital on October 28th. By the way, I forgot to mention Please Baby Please is in theaters October 28th my bad on that but The Lair on demand digital in theaters Friday this is something this is a movie I may disagree with with Eric Holmes and Bruce Perk it's directed by The Descent filmmaker Neil Marshall and it's headlined by I'm trying to think it's headlined by Charlotte Kirk she is the lead in this movie I believe she was the lead in Neil Marshall's previous movie I think it was called The Reckoning but anyways also co-wrote the, it and she's also the co very good Eric she's also the co-writer she and Neil wrote this movie and here is the plot line when Royal Air Force pilot, Lieutenant Kate Sinclair, again played by Charlotte Quirk, is shot down over Afghanistan. She finds refuge in an abandoned underground bunker we're deadly, man-made, biological weapons. Half human, half alien. I think that's a spoiler, but that's a plot synopsis there. What, what can we say? We're half human, half alien are awakened within this bunker. That is a plot. It also stars Jonathan Howard and Jamie Bamber. You might know Jamie Bamber from his work in Battlestar Galactica. The running time is 97 minutes. I'm going to reserve my judgment on the lair. I don't know what Eric and Bruce think, will think I thought about the lair. Let's start with Bruce Perky. Your thoughts on Neil Marshall's latest film, The Lair.
1: Well, uh, it's better than the other Afghanistan Yeti movie that we saw, though these aren't Yetis. Um, <laughs> these are, uh, oh yeah, but it's not as good as the most recent Resident Evil movie we saw. And this is kind of a Resident Evil movie as well, which is uh, <laughs> Project Wolf Hunting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> project wolf hunting now see that, that's the problem so we see a movie like project wolf hunting which is kind of this over the top there's you know violence and craziness and action and all this stuff but it's and blood so, blood and blood, blood and it's so stylish and this movie it looks like it has a pretty decent low budget like it's not high budget obviously but it, it you know they have some practical stuff they have some creatures <laughs> they have some pretty decent sets. They have a lot of actors, but boy, oh boy, did this just leave my brain as quick as it went into it. It was just wholly unremarkable to me. <laughs> I mean, it didn't anger me, but it really didn't do much for me. It was just like, every time there'd be like a cool idea, they wouldn't really do anything with it. You know, you see things in tanks. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Well, they just break out of the tanks. Like, like, oh, okay. They break out of the tanks. That's it. And then there's another scene where we we look into a portal and see something behind there. I'm like, what's that thing? I want to know about that. Like, what is what is going on here? We don't ever find out what's going on there. Uh, it's really a lot more of kind of just low-rent aliens, low-rent, I guess, predator kind of, low-rent, like I said, Resident Evil. It's a lot of kind of tropey stuff and it definitely feels like a little bit of a vanity project too. charlotte uh, kirk yeah charlotte kirk and i i'm sorry to say that because i know that there's a lot of things i you you hit me to a lot of the stuff behind her career and other stuff that's happened with her which makes me you know sympathize for sure with kind of st- what's gone in her life and her acting career but this definitely doesn't seem like the role to break her out to me it was unremarkable in every way pretty much
0: Unremarkable experience for Bruce Berkey. Unremarkable. Unfortunately, tragically, I've heard that a lot of my romantic relationships. Supposedly, I get those unremarkable one star, no banger for me. But Eric Holmes, what is
2: your thoughts on the lair? Do you agree with Bruce? So the opening scene is really good. I I was like, oh, this is going to be... We're we're getting back to dog soldiers, Neil Marshall. We're getting back to the, the descent, Neil Marshall. Right, her, her then, plane
0: gets shot down. Okay, in the beginning, and then it has her. Yeah, and
2: then they go in the they go in the lair, and you know it's, it's all kind of creepy. I thought they were going to stay in there the whole time, and I kind of wish they did. They went back there whatever things happened. This movie probably could use a, su- a script supervisor because um, there's a part where uh, they're all shooting guns and they're like, "I'm out." I'm out, I'm out. And one person left It's like, oh, I keep keep extra ammo on me. And then later on, it's like, I need a gun. And someone that literally just said they're out of ammo like two minutes ago said, oh, here you go. Here's a gun. So like they they have stuff like that that don't quite track. There's like a lot of lot of problems, like you know, just really simple problems as far as like the writing and continuity goes. But I didn't really care. This <laughs> movie's so kind of silly and stupid that I'm just kind of like, oh cool, we're in a we're in an underground bunker and we're gonna run around and shoot these Resident Evil things. And I just kind of went with it. I do agree with Bruce. That it's not quite as good as Project Wolf Hunting because I think that's a little more thoughtful in terms of shoring up all those loose ends that are so rampant in the lair. But I just had a lot of fun with the lair. Hey, look, if uh, people are allowed to uh, watch superhero movies and forgive them all their eccentricities and mistakes and everything, oh, and, and, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just a superhero movie. Well, you know what? It doesn't have to be perfect. It's just an underground uh resident evil movie and that's kind of where i'm at with that you know it's not uh not a good movie but i had fun with it so that's why i'm going three star banger on this
0: three star banger wow bruce what is your rating on the lair
1: uh i can't quite go there i'm gonna say two star two stars also fair also fair <laughs> also star you know there's I a didn't lo- have as much fun with it honestly that's <laughs> the reason you know
0: yeah the lair my goodness they again directed by neil marshall written, co-written with uh, Charlotte Kirk and Neil Marshall. You, Eric has mentioned the script supervisor. He gave it three-star banger. This movie at 97 minutes. Charlotte Kirk possible vanity project. I ate this movie up hook, line, and sinker. I love the bleeping S-H-I-T out of this movie. There's a line where it's so obvious where Charlotte Kirk mentions the movie The Dirty Dozen. And this reminded me of a modern-day version of, I know it's sacrilege to say this, but it reminds me of the director Robert Aldridge's classic The Dirty Dozen, headlined by Lee Marvin and and Jim Brown. It has this B-movie-level feel to it. You get There's a section, which I'm sure Bruce and Eric didn't like, where they go back to base, uh, these American soldiers, and they're on base. And slowly but surely, you get to know a little bit about the troops in here, the Americans. And also, I believe there's some British soldiers who come in as well. You get to know each of these people, and then there's an attack on the base. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then they go into the bunker, or the lair. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. So I think, just to be honest... I had a great time. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm in the minority with the lair. I had a really good time. I, I was fine with Charlotte Kirk at the end. There is a, without giving too much away, there is possibilities, and I don't think it'll happen. There is possibilities for a follow-up to the lair, a continuation of the story. I would love that. I would love a continuation of the lair. I like the story. I like the people who were involved in this. I, I think Charlotte Kirk is really good in this. Jonathan Howard's good as well. Jamie Bamber, chewing the scenery as the as the, guy, the guy with the I patch. I, I think this is, he's really good in this. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's doing an accent. He's sporting an <laughs> accent. I don't know. It's, it's not an accent that I don't know. I, I, I just had a good time watching this movie again. Listeners, you may castigate me or re- get really, really mad at me for saying how much, how much I love the, the lair. Two stars for Bruce. Eric Combs gives gives it a three star banger. I give this movie four and a half stars. I was crazy about the lair. I know about Bruce. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Four, four and a half stars. You star. give this the yeah. same rating as Please, Baby, Please. I'm just, yes, I'm just checking yes. in
2: with you there. Uh, look, folks. Please, Baby, Please. Please, it's listeners yeah please listeners please go see the lair so that's I mean. now our uh our, our uh yes, star sir. rating is already fucked up as it is probably mostly due to me and oh, i apologize for that I, no no don't apologize but actually i take I, it back I, I, I would like to i would like to propose a new star rating specifically for this movie is that three star banger b movie banger be movie bear. <laughs> yes. I, this is a, I,
0: yes. Bruce, sorry. I just want
2: to say, Craig,
1: I think you might be the only person that would give both because mm-hmm. I have a really strong hunch that people that love The Lair will not love <laughs> Please, Baby, Please, yeah. and vice versa.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yes, you're you're
0: right. It's two different. And look, my tastes are all all, are all over the place. For some reason, look, and again, this is going to get really bad reactions from Eric and Bruce. I still have not seen the the descent, so I know probably I'd give the descent. Five stars, just based on the principle of that being Neil, supposedly Neil Marshall's best movie. But I'm liking what I've seen, uh, what I've seen from The Lair. Eric Holmes mentioned one of Marshall's previous movies, Dog Soldier. Uh, Dog Soldiers, after watching this, I want to see more of Marshall's work. That said, Bruce, are you a fan of Marshall's work or is The Descent that one movie of his that you really, really liked? I believe other movies he did. I think he did a movie called Centurion, I think. Dog Soldiers, uh, The Reckoning. Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, Doomsday. I think,
1: yeah. I think to me, uh, Dog Soldiers is his best. The Descent is the second best. And then Doomsday, I think, could be a three star banger some in some worlds because it's really weird and crazy too for me i think i find that more fun than this movie but i think they're equally equal quality <laughs> so yeah i don't think i've seen anything else other than the Lair.
0: why neil marshall he has a huge he has I i wouldn't say huge fan base but a select group really love his films why is that is it because of that descent aesthetic that he puts in his movies or do you guys a, I, a, a I, I think effect? he
2: got a lot of goodwill with dog soldier and descent and then i know for me after after doom Day like i saw doomsday i liked it i didn't love it and then i think centurion came after that and i kind of fell off but then he was doing a bunch of tv like he's been doing tv like i think he worked on hannibal and hannibal like if you've never seen the tv show hannibal Holy shit, that, movie, that TV show's awesome. Okay, and of cool. course, they canceled it, because that's what they do. The TV doesn't know how to end it. So, it just cancels mid midstream. But yeah, at least, when I saw that uh, Neil Marshall I had a new one, and I think that might have might have informed like a lot of my enjoyment of this, because I, I was just like on board to love a Neil Marshall movie again. Yes. And so I was just like, oh, just okay. Oh yeah, that, that, that doesn't make sense. But it's okay. You're my son, and I love you. <laughs> you'll, you'll be good. <laughs> So I, I, I was, I was very <laughs> kind of this movie, but I, I still had a great time. So I really didn't care.
0: Last but not least, okay, again, Eric, three-star banger, Bruce, two stars, and me, four-and-a-half stars for The Layers in theaters, digital, and on demand, October 28th, Friday, October 28th. Now let's get to our recommendations of this week, and they're brought to you, sponsored by Bruce Perky. This advertisement is sponsored by Bruce Perky. Perk, baby perk, what do you got for us this week, Bruce?
1: Well, the first one is a, a little bit of a rewind, because if I remember correctly, and I think uh, Eric's going to hop out on this one, I think he did a very, very quick like speed round Uh, mention of Barbarian, and if I remember correctly, he liked, like, Ninety percent of it, and that the ending like really annoyed him or (laughs) annoyed him. That's kind of my memory of it. Uh, I just wanted to say because I'd been waiting to see this in the movie theater, and I ended up picking Pearl instead. And then I was happy to see this came out pretty quickly on HBO Max this week. So I kind of put it out there so everyone had a chance to see it that didn't get to see it because I know it's been getting a lot of buzz. But I'm guessing a lot of people didn't catch it in the theater. That being said, um, I'm kind of right in the same boat with Eric. I would totally recommend this movie, but the very, I would say like the last maybe five minutes, maybe eight minutes or something or like ten, that. Ten yeah, ten something ten like that. There. Basically, when, it, when a, t- uh, a tower appears, <laughs> it does some things that feel to me absolutely like the writer or the director, writer and director, I guess. Uh, was that uh, Zach? Zach Craig?er Yeah, almost. I feel like the studio said, nope, you can't end it that way. You have to end it this way. Uh, It feels like they were forced because there is a level of commitment that just is absolutely undercut by the very finale of this movie. But that being said, totally fun watch. I'll give the very... Very quick premise. The premise is kind of similar to uh, the earlier movie this year. uh, What was it? Cow. (laughs) Also known as whatever that movie was called, where they wake up in the morning and the boyfriend's gone. Yeah. I know what you're
2: talking about. I forgot. (laughs) Cow. We'll just call it cow.
1: Cow. But basically, yeah, the the woman shows up uh, in this movie, the woman Tess, played by Georgina Campbell. She shows up and finds uh, Pennywise is already in her Airbnb and she hesitantly decides to spend time with him as a co-habitant of this Airbnb since it's double booked. And then very quickly, she discovers that the basement is a little more than she expected it to be. And I'll kind of leave it at that. And this movie takes a lot of twists and turns. People, other actors show up. The one very notable one has shown up that I won't say who it is, but a lot of people have talked about it. And I would say this is one of those twisty-turny thriller slash horror movies that really pays off in a lot of ways until that very final thing, and I can still love it. I just pretend like that didn't happen. That's basically Ooh, where I come down. You
0: pretend it doesn't happen, Eric. Do you pretend that ending doesn't happen as well, or do you do you actually know that it happened and you really I, I actually have some regret regarding? I mean, there's a little bit of strikes that you're throwing on barbarian I think, because I ending. think
2: the I think barbarian's really good, and I just saw this like the why it's called barbarian, sir sort of from Barbary, <laughs> they're barbarians. <laughs> clever anyway um i think the uh the script supervisor for a barbarian uh, left in the last 15 minutes and the script survivor from the lair like came in and took over for, <laughs> for the la- that's <laughs> funny it, it's just it's so well written and then it's like that last 10 15 minutes of, like things happen where it's like wait he, he's he got a gun use it <laughs> wait that, how'd, how'd they fall on top of him <laughs> yes that annoyed me so much that annoyed
1: me so much. It's like, oh, that oh, is they, so...
2: oh, oh, they called the cops and they showed up a week later and they're <laughs> not even going to at, oh, oh, you're the same person that's been here a week and you look disheveled. Nothing to see here. We're moving on. It's like, that. there's so many things that happened in that last 15 minutes that just make me want to pull my hair out and go, they're, they're the same people write the first part of this because it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem that way. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Bruce, what was your rating on Barbarian?
1: I think I come down four stars. I mean, this could have been like a, instant classic but i think it's marred by that ending but once again fun watch it's streaming if you have hbo max which a lot of people do it's a simple easy to find movie and you'll enjoy your time
2: with it i think overall
0: eric do you concur maybe four stars for you yeah i I, I don't
2: know if i gave it a star rating before but four star three and a half four star sounds about right
0: Okay. So four, more like four, more like three and a half.
2: Yeah, we'll go four. um, four. I, I still liked it. I'm still thinking about it all, all this time later. So yeah, fuck okay. it. if I give it three and a half before I'm giving it four now, deal with it.
0: All right. A day or two later, Bruce Perky, Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities. So far you've seen what two installments. Is it worth your time?
1: Um, I've actually seen, I've seen almost four. I've haven't quite finished the fourth one. So basically they're dropping two a day for the, the next few days. And I think there's eight total. So basically the way to look at this is it's kind of like Guillermo de toro is kind of like the horror host he comes out and introduces each or kind of like night gallery if you ever saw night gallery he kind of comes out and introduces each story and then there's some artifact or something that kind of fits in with the story and then that story is directed by a different director so but the cool thing about this is it's got a decent budget they give a lot of care to it it looks beautiful every episode looks beautiful and you get to see about an hour of a singular story so basically an extended short or a very really short movie each one is his own thing Directed by some kind of notable genre director, which is cool. And just to give you a quick little, uh, subplot here of not subplot, but a little, a listing, just so you know. So the first one, lot 36, directed by Guillermo Navarro, who is basically the, the cinematographer for pretty much all of the greatest works by Del Toro. So his is kind of a directing role for him that stars Tim Blake Nelson. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell you keywords that are going to get you interested. The second one, Graveyard Rats, directed by Vincenzo Natali. You may know that name as the director of Cube. That stars. And Hannibal. Yeah.
2: Also Hannibal.
1: One of our favorite uh, character actors, uh, Julian Richings. If you don't remember who Julian Richings is, he's the very odd, slender man that we saw in a couple of things. One of them it was Anything for Jackson as the husband in Anything for Jackson. And you interviewed Uh, that
0: director as well for Anything for Jackson, if
1: I recall. Mm -hmm. Yep. The third one, The Autopsy directed by David Pryor. Do we know who David Pryor is? He directed the woefully underseen The Empty Man. Mm. And that stars, that one so far is my favorite. That one is amazing. That stars F. Murray Abraham. So there you go. Another great actor. And then the fourth one, which I'm watching right now, is directed by Anna Lily Amarapour. Do we remember what she directed?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't remember. Obviously, you and Eric do because you know her work
1: better. But we just saw her directorial movie in Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon yes just like All a right. month ago uh, also uh what is it? a girl walks home alone at night and that starts kate mccucci if you know who kate mccucci is she's one half of uh, what are they called uh, not holland oats but uh oats and, what are they o- called?
2: oats and garfunkel
1: oats and garfunkel she's one half of go- oats and garfunkel so um it's so far a really interesting series of short movies so i'd say go check it out it's on netflix
0: how was Night Gallery, by the way? I still haven't seen it. Night Gallery
1: was a really mixed bag, but I always loved the beginnings with Rod Serling and some really creepy painting. Uh, this also is kind of similar to, uh, if you ever watched the Friday the 13th, the TV series, which had nothing to do with Jason, yes. but it was this weird antique store or whatever. And they had all these like cursed objects and each episode was one of the cursed objects. And it was a, a, a episode about that cursed object. It's so kind of like X-Files that. before X-Files. Yeah.
0: Yep. And Bruce, so far your rating on Cabinet of Curiosities—I know it's not a complete rating as of yet—but
1: the lowest I've rated an episode so far is three and a half. So I think they're they're really solid, and like I said, they're they're fun, and this is it's great Halloween watching. They are gory, but they're not like disturbing gory. They're more like oh a lot of them are period pieces. They're just they're really lush and, and beautiful. Uh, I think it's really great.
0: Speaking a really great way. Eric Holmes, do you, what day is Halloween? Do you know what day is Halloween? It's, is it October 28th, October 29th, 20, October 31st? I'm, I'm not good with Halloween. You guys are I, Halloween people. I think
2: people. 31st, but I, I too suck with dates, so I don't know. 31st, okay, Bruce. I, I think it's the 31st. Is that right?
0: Well, well, Bruce, don't suck like me and Eric. I mean, that's not a double entendre. But uh, Bruce, when is, when is Halloween? October 31st, what day is that? Do you know? Monday. Monday. <laughs>
1: there you go. Oh, mo-
0: Monday. Okay. You know, when is else? Monday? Monday's the first day of the week. I am, I'm, I'm, the supercomputer
2: super computer in my pocket. Let me just look it <laughs> up. Super computer in Eric's I'm, pocket. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the
0: 31st. He, look, he's watching Please Baby Please. And he says, I have a super computer in my pocket. That's like, so, that sounds the 31st like a, Monday. what? 31st on Monday. on Monday. Okay, folks, look, if you want, I I guess if you want to, if you're in a Halloween state of mind, go check out Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. But between now, as of this recording and before Monday, please check out Huluween Bite Size Halloween, Bite Size Halloween. There's a whole bunch of shorts out. I still have to actually download a whole bunch of interviews, like 25 to 30, maybe 50 interviews that Eric Holmes did with the filmmakers behind the third season of, what is it called? Bite Size what? Eric Holmes, Bite Size?
2: Bite Size Halloween
0: bite Size Halloween, we will be po- posting this on our Find Your Film feed. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna work hard to get this. We're gonna have this episode out, but check out if you want to actually on Hulu watch a whole bunch of really interesting shorts. Did you like all of these shorts that you checked out? What, what would people glean from these bite-sized shorts? They're,
2: they're, yeah, that they it's the most amount of shorts I've seen in an anthology, and it's probably the most solid, I think. Cause like, <laughs> even though, even the worst one is still really good. In Ooh. fact, I think just anthologies in general have been getting better. I, I think the whoever's been putting them together, I, I don't know, it's been in the water, but it seems that whoever puts them together has done a lot more curating, which I think is maybe the reason. I, okay. I have so, no idea.
0: so you're saying unbiasedly, these bite sized Halloween shorts on Hulu are the be- are among, among, or not the best collection event shorts you've seen
2: and just just as far as like as far as quality throughout there's going to be some people that are more into this kind of horror so they'll lean more towards this short um there's some that lean more towards this kind of horror so you know they'll like that a little more you know but it runs a gamut of just you want to talk about diversity it's not just diversity of filmmakers diversity of ideas and there's so many different takes on different aspects of horror and all this okay pretty quite amazing
0: bite-sized halloween shorts season three eric holmes interviewed i think almost all of them if not all of the filmmakers behind season three i have been delinquent in posting this on our feed i will be posting it shortly okay so you know i'm eric's doing all the work for find your film and uh bruce and i we're doing we just want to take our little siestas right bruce yeah yeah, you do yeah
1: yeah, just taking yeah. naps, man. No, no, no.
0: You're, you're, I'm kidding, Bruce. You don't take naps. Bruce is a, he's full time uh, work. I'm not saying Eric, you don't do uh, work full time, but. You know what? Actually, I'm just the laziest out of the whole bunch. That's the reason why. I'm I'm gonna blame myself on the bite-sized stuff. You're gonna get it very soon in a couple of days. So check that out. Tell us what you think of these shorts, and then also tell us what you think of GDT's latest collection anthology, Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Or you know what? Forget everything we said and just watch Black Adam because that's where the, the way the world is working, right? Black Adam, maybe they're just yes, not gonna listen to it. It's gonna be the little movie that could. Little movie that could. Hey, my plea to Bruce Burke is hey. I had a good time at Black Adam. Does that convince you to actually go out and spend your hard-earned money to go see it this weekend? After all the years you've known me, Bruce, and I would recommend you go see Black Adam, would you... There's a lot of silence. A lot of silence there. I don't want to...
2: Okay. Okay, well, here... this <laughs> is really good at telling you to fuck off with his uh, eyes.
0: Uh, oh, he has those F me eyes. Now, would you... On one hand...
1: <laughs> it helps that I wrote fuck off on my eyelids so I can just close my eyes. And...
0: <laughs> okay, one hand we have Black Adam, which I liked. On the other hand, we have a movie. It's based on the memoirs of Tobias Wolf. It's a movie called This Boy's Life. This is our what's in the box pick. But before we do the what's in the box pick, okay, and all that stuff in the spotlight, we have to do some beating from pete abeta he the owner of two tortoises what does he do what does he do every week for our show eric holmes
2: hey yo pete drop that beat who's in the box oh uh, what's in the box you lie no what's in the fucking box
0: all right. This boy's life. It was my silly idea for what's in the box. We're not doing director spotlight as of this moment that when we do these box things, that all three of us would have to watch the movie. So that means I had to watch this boy's life from 1993. Whose choice was this? Bruce, was it? Did you put this boy's life in the box or did you, Eric, who put this boy's life in the box? Do you remember?
2: I don't remember. <laughs> it, I remember. If I, it wasn't me. If I had to guess, it, this seems like uh, it has my brother Steve's fingerprints on it. I don't know if it was him that put it in there, but. But If he why, did, what, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay,
0: why? Why? What is it about Steve that is it? Because he really loves this boy's life. Again, released in nineteen ninety three, runs an hour and fifty five minutes. Why, why I, is it?
2: He does, and he also loves. Uh, he also loves DiCaprio, and eh? mm. so this is uh, this is a movie that gets quoted often around the house. Mm. Oh, qu- mostly often. by him because I haven't seen it nearly as many times as he has, but uh, uh, I still dig it quite a bit. One yeah. one of the things that I actually noticed watching it this time is now i don't think the title is a double entendre but i kind of read this movie's a double entendre because uh um de niro's character Mm -hmm. he's kind of a man child like that just so so it's almost like this boy's life oh it's about dicaprio it's like that's a little bit about de niro and how he's kind of a boy himself and how his life just kind of yeah, it, it, it's good stuff. Um, it's kind of hard to watch. In fact, I think a lot of people watching this will want to reach through the screen and choke the shit out of the what Well, fuck, what's his name? Like, do Dwight. Dwight. Dwight, Dwight. There you go. Yeah, you just want to reach through the. Hey, little Jackie Wolf, Jackie Wolf. You know, like every he's like his character is bad at everything. One of the funniest parts is when he's standing in front of the TV with the saxophone, thinking he's like <laughs> oh, yeah. serenading him with this beautiful saxophone music. And it's like, God damn, you suck at everything, don't you?
0: <laughs> right. So this movie, it's based on, seriously, it's based on Tobias, Tobias Wolf's childhood. Okay. And it's based on his memoirs, This Boy's Life. The person playing Tobias Wolf, a.k.a. Toby, is Leonardo DiCaprio. And he, his mother is El- Ellen Barkin. The movie starts off with them just moving from place to place. What his mother likes to do is... Look, no, no dad in the picture. She she'll set up shop in a city, and they'll see whether they like the city or or not. And if they don't like the city, they can just leave. There's one section in the, early in the movie where they do. You remember what they were trying to find? They were trying they were hunting for something it's in like a certain
1: uranium. F- I think it yeah. was. They
0: were they were uh, yeah uranium. looking for. They were going to become uranium hunters in some city. I don't know if it was Seattle or one of the cities. And Salt they just Lake stopped city. Salt Lake City. Yeah. So they go to Salt Lake City for. What happens to be maybe an hour, and they just decide hey we're not going we're actually not going to live here let's go let's go find someplace else, so that's someplace else eventually is they set up shop in this what city do they i don't even know what city that they set up i I just what bruce oh.
1: concrete Washington, which I yeah. lived about uh less than an hour from for a good chunk of my life
0: oh concrete washington okay very very good concrete Washington is where dwight lives what i don't even know what his job is he's played by Robert de Niro, and what happens is dwight strikes up a relationship with carolyn carolyn is the mother of toby again ellen barkin plays carolyn and the rest of the movie deals with how toby he's a little bit of a delinquent because he just needs a little bit of discipline but he's like just any other person kind of growing up he's smoking he thinks he's james dean or marlon brander from streetcar named desire he's he's going through a rebellious phase that's fine fine and dandy but it's not so fine when your stepdad or your, the father figure is Dwight, played by Robert De Niro, very abusive person. So there's a lot of abusive things that happen in this movie. This movie also stars Eliza Dushku, who plays Pearl, his stepsister, and she's pretty funny. Also Carla Gugino, Gugino, she's also his stepsister. She plays Norma, his buddy, Leo DiCaprio's buddy, Toby McGuire, has a short, very, a cameo in this movie as one of Toby's friends, and Chris Cooper also has a, relative cameo as one of caroline's early love interests so bruce this boy's life is this a movie that you you watched years ago and, and uh, you just rewatched again
1: nope i've never watched this movie before so this oh. this might have been i might have put this in the the box yeah it's one of those movies that kind of just i knew about it it was kind of on the corners of everything and i just never had got around to watching it so i'm glad i got to finally watch it it's a really good kind of examination of what male uh ego and power and like especially in that era kind of the dream of the of the 50s and what family life was versus the reality which was probably a lot more like this for a lot of people where you have like like uh, eric said you have this this violent man child who sees anybody doing anything that he can't do as well as a you know affront to his manhood and he acts out in these very petty and cruel, emotionally cruel and physically cruel ways. I think this movie, of course, as most people probably have noted, lives and dies on the two central performances, you know, De Niro and DiCaprio, and they both embody it and do fantastic jobs. I don't, I'm trying to think back now. I don't think DiCaprio's ever done a better performance than this uh, that I can think of. He might have done equally good performances. But I don't think he's done a better performance than this. This is a pretty damn great performance. I believe mean,
2: this was uh, the movie that got DiCaprio on Scorsese's radar. Yeah. Because uh, De Niro worked with him and was like, hey, you got to check out this kid. He's pretty good. And then. Yep. Uh, that this was the uh, kind of like with the uh, fear is what put Mark Wahlberg on P.T. Anderson's radar for Boogie Nights. This is kind of yeah, this was kind of DiCaprio's coming out party, so to speak. It it
1: seems like it. Uh, and as far as that goes, this is a pretty great kind of uh, family human drama, and it's very compelling, I think, and a little like you said, a little hard to watch in parts. This is a really really easy easy watch for two hours, I think, because it's very engaging characters and stuff. I had a weird experience though with this movie because I watched it after. Please, baby, please and the whole time i was imagining this movie directed by amanda kramer the whole time (laughs) the whole time i I, it's weird i know it's really weird to say but this movie i can imagine her doing an amazing job with this movie (laughs) (laughs) Rebooting this movie it would be the most amazing remake ever made anyway that being said that's not the movie we have Uh, it's a pretty great movie and i think for people like me who've kind of just let it slide for a while it's if nothing else for the performances alone i think it's it's worth watching for that especially
0: I think it's one of Robert De Niro's most underrated performances. He's oh, yeah. so good in this movie. Yeah. Everyone mentions all the big De Niro works, like even the showy Cape Fear. You have Raging Bull. You have the Godfather films, right? You, have the, you know, you have uh, Godfather Part 2, right? And then I, I think this is right up there. I, this is right up there with the King of Comedy. This, isn't, this is, I think, right up there. And I, it's so sad that these days that this boy's life is known for maybe... Look, in fairness, Leonardo DiCaprio's coming out party, but there's a lot more, as, as, you know, Eric, you can attest to, and Bruce, you can attest to now, there's a lot more behind that than it just being a coming out party for DiCaprio. There's a lot more to glean from this movie. Your brother Steve really loves this movie. Did you, upon the rewatch, Eric Holmes, do you, did you love it even more, or did you always love it? all these years anyway
2: i always liked it it's just he's I, i'm comparing the amount of times i've seen it to someone that's seen this probably a hundred thousand <laughs> so it's amazing yeah um the, this uh, this didn't quite get the uh the replay that something like Herbie cowboy did but it it's still it's still really good and gets quoted quite a bit
0: yeah i i we watched it i I was surprised at how much I liked the movie more the second time because I had a different experience watching it back in the early '90s. Okay, I liked it, I didn't love it, but now watching it years later, love it, absolutely love this movie. Yes, Eric.
2: I also wanted to kind of point out uh, Ellen Barkin and DiCaprio's kind of chemistry. There's another movie that's uh, similar to this, the Running on Empty, the Sidney Lemon mm-hmm. joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's got a it's got a lot of similar DNA to that. I, I would say uh, if you haven't seen Running on Empty and you've seen this, or you've seen this. And not running on empty, or you haven't seen either one. Watch them both back to back, and I think those two movies would make a kind of a great double feature. Mm,
0: okay, very good double feature: Running on Empty and This Boy's Life. Uh, we, it's great to mention Sidney Lumet again on find your film.
2: Yeah, anytime so, we get a <laughs>
0: Sidney Lumet plug, you're gonna do it. So yeah, This Boy's Life. What is your my rating for this? Is four and a half. What is your rating, Eric Combs?
2: I go doggy style or on the side. Those are your only two options.
0: Uh, <laughs> I know a thing or two about a thing or two. So. I know a thing or two about
2: a thing or two. You know What, what, you, what, me? what, do, you, what do you give this? Up? What is your doggy style rating on This Boy's Life? I'm going to give this five stars or 6.9 stars. Those are your only two <laughs> options. You go in my house, you, you go by my star ratings.
0: <laughs> Very good, Eric Combs. Doing Dwight, not literally, but that's really good. Okay, Bruce Berkey, your rating on This Boy's Life.
1: Ah. Uh, um, I will go four and a half stars. I'm sorry, Dwight. Do not beat me, please. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. By the way, Dwight, oh, don't ta-
2: little Brucie wolf the star <laughs> hog hogging <laughs> up all the stars.
0: <laughs> the star hog. That's so hilarious. Again, check the guys. If you guys and gals, if you haven't seen this boy's life, it is really a good film. By the way, our buddy, our compatriot, our buddy Anderson Cowan. I had no idea this is one of his all time favorite movies. I had no idea. Just actually talked to him several hours ago, and we talk about this boy's life on our latest installment, our latest bonus episode of our Cinematics podcast. Someone is shaking, someone is shaking, literally shaking the box. What's in the box, Bruce? What's Bruce, in the little
2: box? Little Jackie Wolf. What's in the fucking box? <laughs> <laughs> box. Hey, Greg, what, what what'd you get the thing? What the the boy's life? This boy's oh, four life. One
0: half, yeah, one half, four and a half stars.
1: All right. oh, I you. hope this yeah. one's available. I think it is available at sure. least to rent. We'll see. This is one I've never seen. It's Once Were Warriors, nineteen ninety four.
0: Okay. Have you seen Lee Once Tam- Were Warriors, Lita Mahori? Have you seen Once Were Warriors, Eric? I'm looking that up now. Oh, uh, geez. New Zealand. Okay. I yeah.
2: Do, oh, Tamara Morrison. Yeah. No, no. I have not. Okay. I don't think this I have.
0: this was released in 1994, and I really don't want to watch this movie again. But it is a, it is a movie that needs to be watched. I will watch it again. Just kidding. Is this Love. a
2: is this a bad movie or is this a really good? Don't want to watch it again, sort of thing.
0: This is one of those. It's really good. I don't want to watch it because oh. of stuff. But it's one of these movies that has to be watched has to be watched. Okay. That excites me. <laughs> okay. That excites Eric Holmes. So that, again, yes, once we're warriors, that's our what's in the box picks for next week. And if you want actually to request movies for us to watch, email, what, what, Bruce email, Bruce at bruceperky at gmail.com or sure. what, what else, what other options? Or maybe? you
1: can just message me on Facebook, like any way you, that you can see me, um, Twitter, you can do that if you want, uh, although I don't, Get on there that as much. I know Joseph Bridges. I just added one to the box today. It's something about a dog that (laughs) used to be in hee-haw. I don't know, but it's in the box now, so we might all be watching that soon.
2: Very, very good. Okay, that's it. Final thoughts from Eric Holmes. Yeah, I I left my saxophone. I don't have my saxophone nearby. I was going to play us out, but that's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Play, Play us out on this boy's life. Nice Dwight reference. What? What's your final say? So, Bruce Berkey.
1: Well, I'm. I'm sad. Because if only, if only Ronnie James Dio were still alive, we could only look forward to his version of Holy Spider. (laughs) With that, guys,
0: we will see you next week here on Find Your Film. Have a great week watching movies.